I choose this fishery to be in because it's the most pleasurable fishery I've ever done. I've been a trawlerman, I've been a drop liner, I've been a trapper, and been with gill nets and done all those other sorts of uh, fishing, but this is the one we love. This is Fishtails, a seafood podcast. I'm John Sussman. The Northern Territory shares its borders with Western Australia to the west, South Australia to the south, and Queensland to the east. To the north, the Territory looks out to the Timor Sea, the Arafura Sea, and the Gulf of Carpentaria. Fishing is synonymous with the Northern Territory and has come to be regarded as a signature experience for professionals and amateurs alike. Darwin, the largest city in the Territory, is regarded by many as the last wild frontier in Australia. Not visited by winter, with a relaxed small-town feel, Darwin is perched on a harbour five times the size of Sydney's. It is also home port to some of Australia's most well-managed commercial fisheries. For 40 years, Norman Hedditch has been fishing in the warm tropical waters of the Mystic North. From prawning for tiger and banana prawns to netting for barra, he's pretty much worked every species. These days, he owns and operates his family business, Taruna Fishing, based out of the legendary Duck Pond in Darwin Harbour. Now, with daughter Tony running the land-based operations and two vessels fishing out of Darwin, they proudly catch and sell line-caught Spanish mackerel. My name's Norman Hedditch and I'm a uh, commercial fisherman in Darwin Northern Territory. I came to Darwin in about 1981 for a look and uh, I'm from the southern states so uh, when I got here I thought this is a very good town so um, I've uh, decided to settle here and I'm still here so uh, yeah I love Darwin. Uh, I tried a few different things over my life. I uh, worked on a sheep and cattle station then I worked in the desert for a mining company and then I went for a trip around Australia and um, ran into an older brother and uh, he introduced me to the fishing industry and I joined it and uh, haven't left. I have uh, thoroughly enjoy fishing. Oh, yeah, I was a prawner for quite a while, which is probably uh, the next biggest thing that I've done. Um, <clears throat> yeah, sort of a young bloke's uh, game. You know, there's a lot of long hours there and um, not much sleep sometimes, but uh, the prawning game can be very lucrative. Uh, I've been in and out that for, you know, 40 years. I started fishing in, uh, oh, basically 1979, prawning. And, um, yeah, I've seen it all, you know, make lots of money and then fall down, you know. Uh, sometimes it's always relative to what sort of price you can get for your product. The challenge of uh, getting out there, it's uh, probably a bit like gold prospecting. It's all out there. All you've got to do is find the ways and means of uh, getting it and getting it to market. The commercial Spanish mackerel fishery in the Northern Territory is restricted to only a handful of licences. The primary fishing method used is trolling, where baited hooks or lures are towed behind a boat moving at about three to six knots near reefs, headlands and shoals. On strike, the snared fish is pulled in by hand, literally one man, one line, one fish. The total allowable catch in the Northern Territory Spanish mackerel fishery is a mere 370 tonnes per annum, making this a boutique fishery. Operators such as the Hedditch family have realised that their fishery is special and work it with a level of respect not often seen in commercial fishing. 
we fish out of Darwin uh, principally, so uh, I have two boats here fishing at the moment in the Spanish mackerel troll line fishery. And uh, one's a freezer boat that can do up to two weeks uh, trips because it uh, freezes the product. And the other one is an ice boat that does uh, anywhere from two to four days and brings fish in fresh on ice. The fishery is the Spanish mackerel troll line fishery. So we actually move through the water at about five knots, trolling lines with either baits or lures, and the fish uh, bite the lure or the bait, and uh, we catch them, and every fish that we catch is hauled in by hand. So it's you against the fish. It's one of the most pleasurable fishing uh, that you could ever do, and that's why we do it, because we just love doing it, and um, we can make a quid on the way through as well. Spanish mackerel must be one of the most reliable fish in the sea. They are the ultimate predator with a streamlined body that is built for speed and razor sharp teeth that make them the fish killing machines that they are renowned to be. For an all round quality fish, they're hard to go past. Their speed and power make them a difficult fish to catch, but as they are a much sought after table fish, the hunt is worthwhile. The Spanish mackerel is just a great fish. It doesn't matter whether you're catching it uh, it's an easy fish to process as well, and it's just such a good eating quality fish. So it doesn't matter, you know, you can pan fry it, you can put it in a curry, you can steam it, and my favourite is uh, in a fish smoker and smoke it. We're a very well-managed fishery here in the Northern Territory. Uh, there's only 15 Spanish mackerel licences in the, all of the Northern Territory, and we can fish from the WA border right through to the Queensland border and out to the Australian fishing zone, which is 200 miles. My motto is, uh, if it's calm enough, go fishing. If it's rough, stay home, because it's a... Um, a surface troll line fishery, if it's, you know, if it's blowing 20, 25 knots or more and it's very rough on the surface, well, the fish don't get to see the baits or the lures. So it's quite unproductive and dangerous in that sort of weather. So um, we work when the weather is, you know, permittable. So around uh, about 210 to 220 days per year is our fishery. The mackerel, you know, they, um, they're they a dynamite fish. They travel so fast and they leap out of the water, um, you know, and it's not uncommon that a, that a mackerel will leap out of the water at nighttime and head for a deck light. And uh, quite often when that happens, they'll land on the deck and uh, commit suicide, you could say. <laughs> Yeah, so it's uh, yeah, it's quite amazing when you wake up in the middle of the night. You can hear a big mackerel flapping on the deck and uh, thinking, "Oh yeah, we're at least we're in the right spot." Rarely glamorous and often challenging, the life of the commercial fisherman is similar to that of the family farmer. That work is hard and sometimes dangerous, and the income uncertain and variable. Knowledge of seasons, the waters, the fish, the market demand, and the crew's ability is critical. A typical day in a commercial fishing business is for those who don't bundy on and bundy off to set hours, but for whom a work day can often run 24 to 48 hours straight. Well, let's just say you're on the fresh boat. We'd leave town at around about 5 or 6 p.m., steam all night, and that'll put us, you know, 80, 100 miles out to sea. 
Um, <clears throat> and we'd typically start trolling as first light, as soon as it is just tiny little bit light. So you're up at, you know, half past five, six o'clock in the morning, put the gear in, start moving, uh, start catching fish. Usually first thing in the morning and the last thing in the evening is your best catching periods. But uh, we work all day. So uh, we'll go from one reef to another and um, see if the fish are on the bite. Uh, there are times when you go out and, you know, the fish aren't on the bite and, well, that makes it a very slow and boring day and then sometimes you can start at a reef at daylight in the morning and have 100 fish up by 7 o'clock. We've designed the boat to make it easy to handle, so uh, I invented what we call the kill pit. So you stand outside the kill pit and you haul the fish in by hand, you swing them into the kill pit, uh, you unclip the bait, clip another bait back on, get that line back in the water so it can catch another fish. And then at an opportune moment in the next, you know, three to five minutes or whatever, you deal with the fish. So uh, the first thing we do is take the head straight off with a big uh, serrated edge knife and that, um, that uh, makes the fish easy to handle. Uh, you can get the hooks out of the head later on when it's not thrashing about and it bleeds the fish. So uh, then we uh, take the guts out and, uh, and it's straight into an ice slurry. So from the fish swimming in the ocean to being processed and in the ice slurry can be as little as four or five minutes. On the fresh boat, we uh, aim to catch a, a ton or maybe a little bit more. Um, so if you're not fishing very uh, fast, well, it might take you two or three days to uh, achieve that amount. And uh, realistically, the boat is uh, only built and designed to do three, four days. So you've got limited fuel range, you've got limited ice boxes, you've got limited ice. Um, so as soon as one starts to run out, well, you've got to go home anyway. Normally, you'd steam overnight to get back into port. Um, we always try to unload on a Monday or a Friday. <clears throat> so uh in into port at say seven o'clock into the duck pond uh the marina in darwin there and uh the truck will come down we'll unload the product the truck goes back to the depot he repacks it for uh freight it'll be on the on a truck uh to adelaide by lunchtime it'll go through to adelaide then it change trucks and then it'll, another one will take it through to melbourne so we unload monday it'll be sold thursday and hopefully I get paid on Friday night, so can't get any better than that. The commercial fishing operation is frequently a family venture, with information, techniques, locations and equipment passed on through generations, mostly from father to son. For the Hedditch family, passing this knowledge down from father to daughter has not come without its challenges, there is a clear and obvious intergenerational passion driving the business into the future. Well, um, you can't do everything all at once. So my daughter's come on board and uh, give us a hand here. And we opened a retail part of our business only when the pandemic started. So it was sort of like, how are we going to market our product if uh, southern markets dry up or, or, you know, there was a bit of uncertainty there. So I had a premises in the industrial estate in um, Winelli in Darwin and we thought, righto, let's, uh, let's get on board and um, see what we can do. So we got cryovac machines for the boats. So they uh, portion uh, fillets or cutlets. We cryovac it on the boat, freeze it, and 
now we uh, we sell out of our shop here in Darwin. It's been going quite well. Father and daughter, well, it's a strange combination, I suppose, but uh, no, it works, and we're pretty happy doing it. Most fishers don't work in fishing with the goal of earning a high income, but for reasons including enjoyment of the types of tasks undertaken and the environment they work in. For Tony Hedditch, running the land side of the family business after growing up at her father's feet on the water is a passion which both underwrites the existing fishing operation whilst taking it upstream into a vertically integrated retail operation. Uh, well, my very earliest memories are definitely being on a boat. Um, Mum said that I think I went on my first trip at six weeks old doing the banana season in 98. Um, and one of the stories that they like to tell was I wasn't really walking much before one trip. I learnt how to walk on the boat and when they put me on land I started running. There are times where I've been on land way too long and I turn around to Dad and it's, it's time to go to sea. I just love the fact that we can go out there and that's sort of a feeling of home being out on the water. My every day-to-day, I would uh, look after the shop, make sure everything's running. I delegate with the boys on the boat to make sure that I get all the stock that I need. But I do a little bit of everything. I like to say I do everything Dad doesn't want to do or he doesn't have time to do. Sometimes we um, clash heads sometimes, but as long as the communication's there and we're both in good moods, <laughs> it goes quite swimmingly. Being in Darwin, we're right there on the water um, and the boats can get in and out pretty easily here and it's just a great place to have, um, you know, ice-cold prawns and that on a hot day with a beer. And I love just educating and making sure that people are eating local seafood, that they know what they're getting, that, that they know that what we do and why we do it is is seeing people's reaction and always getting the feedback of how beautiful quality our food is. Increasing competition for the catch from recreational fishers, market pressures and ever-growing operating expenses not matched by increasing prices for the catch are causing many commercial fisheries to be on the brink of viability. The northern Spanish mackerel fishery, and particularly the Hedditch family business, is bucking this trend. With a clear plan to increase the value of their catch, Their approach is delivering them a clear line of sight to a strong future for both themselves and their fishery. I think uh, we're in a very good position here because uh, we have well-managed fisheries. Um, Like, you know, everything's uh, basically sustainable. Uh, So, no, the future's looking bright, you know, like uh, we're still in business. Uh, Our market prices are increasing. Uh, So that makes it, you know... We're still viable. So one of the things that is the highlight of my life is in 2005, working with the uh, NT Fisheries Research Department, um, Dr. Rick Buckworth, uh, they invented this uh, lure that we could take DNA samples of the fish. So the fish would bite the lure. Um, they'd leave a tissue sample in in what was, you know, supposedly a hook, but it isn't. It was just a a thin tube. And then we'd haul that in and we'd take that tissue sample out and put it in a solution and send it to a geneticist in Brisbane and they would uh, do DNA on the Spanish mackerel. And the most beautiful thing we found about doing the DNA was that the fish in the Kimberleys 
are different to the fish here and the fish in the Gulf of Carpentaria are different to here and the fish on the east coast are different to here. So what that means is they're localised stocks of fish. They're not highly migrative. And the most beautiful thing about that is you can manage your own stocks. Commercial fishing is a culturally and economically significant industry in the Northern Territory. The importance of the fishing industry as an employer of the broader community is often neglected. In the Northern Territory, like in many coastal communities, the ageing of fishermen and a lack of young people entering the industry is causing a greying effect across the commercial fishing fleets. Add to this the demand for marine skills from the booming offshore oil and gas industries and the plight of commercial operators to find and retain crew is an ongoing challenge. Um, we don't make as much money as those guys. That's that's uh, pretty standard. Um, a crew member can be two things at once. He can be your biggest asset and your biggest liability. But like I said, we choose to be in this fishery uh, because we just love doing it, you know. Like I've had people come out on the boat and just come for a trip to see what it's like, you know. Not, they don't want to be a fisherman or they aren't fishermen or whatever, and they turn around and say, you actually get paid to do this? Every good fisherman I know has an inquiring mind. If something happens, they like to know how or why it's happened. They don't assume things happen by chance. If a fish bit, there was probably a reason it bit. Was it the lure colour, lure size, lure speed, water temperature, presentation, barometric pressure, moon phase, time of day, location? Good fishermen are always paying attention to conditions that make fish bite or not bite so that they have a better chance of recognising and replicating those circumstances for future success. But great fishermen have a love of what they do which transcends knowledge and logic, driving them beyond mere commercial returns. Norman Hedich is one of these. I just love being out on the water. There's there's not a greater pl- pleasure than, you know, uh, the two best feelings you can get is probably leaving port and coming home. If it's in your blood, well, you just like that sort of thing, you know. Like, I choose this fishery to be in because it's the most pleasurable fishery I've ever done. I've been a trawlerman, I've been a dropliner, I've been a trapper, and been with gill nets and done all those other sorts of uh, fishing. But this is the one we love. You know, it's uh, it's just such a good feeling when you start the trip. Well, you don't know what you're going to get. You don't know whether it's going to be a good trip or a bad trip or, you know, the weather is going to get you or you have a breakdown or you maybe fill up in one day and come home and winners are grinners. The Hedich family Taruna Fishing Company is a father and daughter team of fishermen and fishmongers who are proud of who they are, what they do and most of all, what they catch. Their catching, handling and even selling methods ensure a sustainable fishing business which is sure to evolve and thrive for generations to come. This is Fishtales, a seafood podcast. A Deep in the Weeds production, I'm John Sussman. Follow us on Instagram at Fishtales Seafood Podcast or email us at fishtailspodcast at deepintheweeds.com.au. Stay tuned for more tales from beneath the surface of the seafood world every Friday on your podcast app.